0: What's up? I hope you are having a great day. I know that I am. Played nine holes of golf today. Played terribly, but the NBA playoffs were on, so my day ended up being pretty good. We have a lot to talk about here with the Grizzlies tying the series up 1-1. The Heat go up 2-0, and obviously the Pelicans with the shocker of the night beating the Suns on the road to steal one. Now the playoff series really gets going, but before we get into it, double B Bruce Buffer. It's time! Thank you, Bruce. Man, what a night of playoff basketball. We're going to start with the Hawks and Heat, just kind of go in the order of which the games were played. And to start off this, I have to just say thank you, Jimmy Butler, for proving and justifying tonight why I had you on my NBA top 25 players in the playoffs list. 45 points on 15 of 25 shooting, played great defense five rebounds, five assists, really did it all for the Miami Heat tonight. So just thank you. Thank you so much, Jimmy. I really appreciate that. Now, I want to talk more about the Hawks because the story for the Heat was Jimmy Butler. He's really the only one who got going offensively. He was extremely aggressive. Like I said, he did take 25 shots. I think the next most shots taken by a player on the Heat was 11 by Tyler Hero. And so it was really the Jimmy Butler show, as it should have been. I mean, the guy had 45 points, shot the ball ridiculously well. Now, the Hawks made adjustments and shot the ball way better than they did in Game 1. And I think that today's game is a much more accurate depiction of what we'll see from the Hawks in this series. You know, the Heat, they're going to have to balance out their offense a little bit more because, you know, Jimmy Butler going for 45 every game just isn't going to happen. But still, look, a win's a win's a win, right? So, yeah, the Heat go up 2-0. Nothing else to really go about here. I still like the Heat to win this series pretty comfortably. Bam Adebayo continues to play great defense. His switchability and his ability to play the five is just, it's insane just what he's done. I understand, you know, why he thought he should be the defensive player of the year, but you missed 26 games. I don't want to hear you complaining. Anyway, moving on. Timberwolves and Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies absolutely dominated this game from the second quarter on. You know, it was pretty tight there in the first quarter. A lot, lot of back and forth, really exciting. But, you know, the Grizzlies just wore down. They they just took off in the second quarter. So the Grizzlies really made one adjustment that madly changed the game. Steven Adams only played three minutes the entire game. Jaron Jackson shot the ball so much better in this game, he scored 16 points. I think it was he was 4 of 7 from 3. His ability to stretch the floor, I think, is huge, especially with Job ja being on the floor. And his ability to get to the bucket without somebody sitting there waiting on him. Bain scored 16. And Tillman, who didn't play at all in Game 1, was outstanding coming off the bench. 13 points, 7 rebounds. He was huge. And, you know, the Timberwolves, I thought that they just didn't play with great energy. It seemed like they were pretty content splitting, you know, the first two games in Memphis. And, but with that being said, like they need to do a better job of getting Carl Anthony Towns the ball in a position where he can score a little bit easier. He only took seven shots. I know he got in foul trouble, but the guy still played 28 minutes. And as much as I love Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns is still probably their best offensive weapon in terms of consistency. And yeah, they, they have to do a better job of getting him the ball, he needs to be more aggressive. Uh, Speaking of Anthony Edwards, I thought he, you know, he continues to shoot the ball well. Four of 10 from three was their leading scorer with 20 points. Uh, D'Angelo Russell came back down to earth, did not play well. Three of 11 from the floor. I don't think he'll shoot that bad again. I don't think the Timberwolves will be that bad offensively again. The fact that they didn't break 100 is wild to me. You know, part of me, like I said, thinks they were content with taking game one, going back to Minnesota tied at one game apiece. But when you're playing a team like Memphis – who is obviously really good, like they had the second-best record in the NBA, I would have liked to have seen the Timberwolves come out and make a statement. Like, go up 2-0, like if you can. And I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't do that, but I guess that's part of watching a young team and seeing how they react after winning games, right? Like, if the Warriors had done this, I wouldn't be very worried because they're the Warriors, and we've seen them win so many playoff games, whereas with Minnesota— this is the first game I've seen... This is like the first playoff game I've seen the Timberwolves win in a long time. So it's a little concerning, the fact that they came out pretty lackadaisical, right? And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for game three. I think it's going to be super intense because obviously the Grizzlies are looking, you know, to, to steal home court back. And the Timberwolves are looking to hold on to home court advantage now. So I'm so excited for that. That game's going to be incredible. Now moving on to... The story of the night, the Pelicans and the Suns. The Pelicans have tied the series up at 1-1. to I can't believe it. We have a series, especially if you watch that first half. I mean, Devin Booker was just insane. But before I talk about Devin Booker and the injury in the first half and everything that he did, I do want to give the Pelicans their credit. Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, they did their thing. They both had near triple-doubles. Brandon Ingram had 37, 11, and 9. McCollum had 23, 8, and 9. I mean, they, just, they both played incredibly. And Ingram, obviously, you know, he led the way with 37 points. Down the stretch, I felt like he demanded the basketball and really kind of put the game out of reach for them. He was definitely, you know, the number one option going down the stretch. And it's so much fun to see these young guys. You know, I guess Brandon Ingram's been in the league for six years now. But just to see them take the next step, Seeing Brandon Ingram in the playoffs, demand the basketball, and put a really good Suns team away. I just, I love seeing young guys kind of make that leap. Great seeing him do that. But CJ McCollum, man, he's just, he is exactly what the Pelicans needed. He's another guy who can score the basketball. He's older. He's definitely a veteran. He's played in a lot of playoff games, and he's just has this great opportunity to come in and be a leader and help this young you know, Pelicans team figure it out, right? And, yeah, it's just, it's so great kind of seeing him do that. Now, I want to move on to Devin Booker because he is the story, right? Because at the end of the day, the Suns, do they need Devin Booker to beat the Pelicans? No, they don't. Chris Paul is still plenty good enough to make that happen. Now, the Suns do need Devin Booker to to win a championship. They do need that. So, obviously, Devin Booker goes down after scoring 31 in the first half where he was just unconscious hitting tough shot after tough shot hit the three from the logo to close out the half the little step back shot he took on the baseline over two defenders to end the first quarter was ridiculous and he was feeling it and then he hurt his hamstring which is one of the worst muscles to hurt because it's so tender it's not hard to re-injure it or re-aggravate it and so now really where I'm concerned at is Chris Paul who is 36 and as great as he's been age is still a thing You know, we saw him try to do more offensively, and it just didn't really work out. He was like, I think he was shot like five of 16 from the floor. I mean, it was just not good. I don't know what the Suns are going to do offensively now. Obviously, like I said, a lot more is going to rest on Chris Paul's shoulders. I think we're going to see a lot of screen and roll with him and Ayton. But outside of that, I just, they don't have any other elite level one on one scores, right? And. Kind of reminds me of Dallas a little bit, who's playing without Luka right now. Because Luka really is Dallas's only one-on-one scorer. And with him being off the floor, Dallas is so much better defensively. And not saying that Devin Booker's a bad defender, but Bridges should get more minutes now. So they're going to be better defensively just kind of for that alone. So it's just going to be interesting to see how the Suns adjust and what they look to do. Look, hamstring, it's a really, like I said, it's a tender muscle. I don't think we'll see him back for Game 3, especially with his reaction, him knowing immediately. I mean, it's it's pretty concerning. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust offensively. Defensively, they'll be fine. I still think that they'll win this series. They're just that much better than the Pelicans, but they're not going to beat the Mavericks without Devin Booker, and they're definitely not going to beat the Warriors or the Grizzlies without him. So... Hopefully, you know, he's able to come back for game four or game five. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow with another take for you.